Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 532, chapter 79, Signs. After breakfast, Martin began teaching Tempe and me how to search for the bandit's trail. Anyone can spot a piece of torn shirt hanging from a branch or a footprint gouged into the dirt, but those things never happen in real life. They make for convenient plot devices and plays, but really, when have you ever torn your clothing so seriously that you left a piece of it behind? Never. The people we were hunting were clever, so we couldn't count on them making any obvious mistakes. That meant Martin was the only one among us who had any idea what we were really looking for. Any broken twig, he said. They'll mostly be where things are thick and tangled, waist high or ankle high. He gestured as if kicking through thick scrub and pushing things aside with his hands. Seeing the actual break is hard, so look at the leaves instead. He gestured to a nearby bush. What do you see here? Tempe pointed at a lower branch. He wore his plain gray homespun today, and without his mercenary reds, he looked even less imposing. I looked where Tempe was pointing and saw the branch had been snapped, but not badly enough to break off. So someone has been through here, I asked. Martin shrugged his bow higher up on his shoulder. I was. I did this last night. He looked at us. See how even the leaves that aren't hanging strange are starting to wilt? I nodded. That means someone has been by this way within a day or so. If it's been two or three days, the leaves will brown out and die. You see both close to each other. He looked at me. That's the page. My name's Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Quick point of order. The sentence, he gestured to a nearby brush. What do you see? What is the next word? What do you see there? Oh, okay. You said here, so I was like, oh, there's going to be a mystery. But there was no mystery. Oh, I, I misspoke. I got I got so excited. I got so excited about doing a voice. I can't blame you. None of us could. This is one of those pieces of fiction writing where, like, a character who knows a lot about something is explaining something to us, the readers. And it seems completely convincing to me, especially because it hangs a lamp, as Nick is fond of saying, on the more obvious kinds of stuff that I, as a reader, would also accept in a piece of fiction, like a piece of torn shirt hanging from a branch. And Quoth says, all that stuff is stuff that only happens in fiction, whereas the stuff that Martin is now teaching me is how you do it in real life. And that, of course, makes me wonder, what kind of research did Rothfuss do for this sequence, if any? And would a an experienced woods person of the 21st century agree with this what was that reality tv show with like the cowboy guy who would just like bear grills no 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 no. the guy who would like man tracker man tracker yeah like would man tracker agree with this assessment like this is how you hunt somebody down man tracker right in Mm -hmm. (laughs) or someone (laughs) with training similar to that of man tracker -tracker, if you are of our show you get a free t-shirt of your choice yeah okay fine (laughs) only if they write in though and tell us the answer I kind of like that plays are the stand-in for TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this was a contemporary book. They'd say, you always see this in movies or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because that's the like popular medium that even illiterate people like have probably seen at least one of, you know? But I also want to say that whether or not this, this exposition is genuine, like whether or not this is really how it works, it doesn't really matter because I, as the reader have not been pulled out of my suspension of disbelief. Nothing that he said here made me go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. And honestly, as a writer, you're never going to be an expert in everything 
that your characters or your readers are experts in. So all you can do is, I think you want to especially consider who your target audience is and try to make sure that those people won't have their suspension of disbelief pulled. So like if you're writing, like famously, uh, the second book in Scott Lynch's Lives of Locke Lamora series, uh, a lot of it takes place on like a sailing ship. And, you know, Scott Lynch has never been on like kind of a, a, you know, a Napoleonic era sailing ship, I don't think. So he did a lot of research and he asked people who knew more about historical sailing than he did and made his best effort. And it was enough to convince me, a filthy landlubber, and I feel like it's probably enough to satisfy your average reader of like historical fiction or your average like, you know, historical sailing enthusiast, but it might not convince, you know, a person whose doctorate is in sailing techniques of the Napoleonic Wars, but you're never going to satisfy that person. So you just have to try and satisfy like the, the general reader and like amateur enthusiasts who like know a little bit more. Yeah. Rothfuss does this a lot. He'll write something that seems like specialized knowledge and it's plausible enough. Maybe it's totally off. Maybe what Martin is teaching both is totally off base, but it's plausible enough for me. Uh, I'll not along with it. Mm-hmm. You know how I love verisimilitude in his writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we all want to be aiming for. But of course, when Rothfuss discusses acting, you know, it really it tends not to ring true for you because you, uh, you know, trained as an actor for many years. That's true. But it rings true enough for me, someone who ha- you know, has only done the most amateurish kind of acting. And I also believe it because acting is scary and I don't want to do it. Just like sorcery. <laughs> yes, it, it is scary and no one should do it. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you have knowledge that Rothfuss is wrong about, write in. I want to hear where he missed the boat. I feel like we have on past pages, listeners have written in to correct the record or address address something that maybe Rothfuss has not adequately researched. And as an author, I want to say when my book comes out and I've gotten something wrong, do not at me. I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, chances are neither does Rothfuss, but we care. We who are, who are picking apart the book, we care. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, just say physics works differently. Mm-hmm. In my or, world, so I mean, if if I got the boiling point of water wrong or whatever, that's fine. In my world, it, it boils different. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fantasy, the answer is even simpler because whenever something happens that doesn't make sense or doesn't work right, you just go, a "Wizard magic. did it." <laughs> Can't argue with yeah, that. It's magic. It's the intrinsic magic of the world. Mm-hmm. But listeners, we want to hear from you. It's been a little bit of time now since our break, and as you may recall, in the interlude, we emptied out our mailbag. We want some more letters now from you. So. If Rothfuss got something wrong, if we missed something in an episode, or if on a reread you've discovered something that you want to share with us, we want to hear about it. So send us an email to pageofthewind at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Our Page of the Wind Pony Express will range far and wide to deliver your missives right to the beating heart of Amathai Manor. You can also write in to tell us inconsequential things like how handsome we are. <laughs> yes, please open your letters with a glowing description of our beauty. Mm-hmm. A sonnet, uh, a dirty limerick. Because of course maybe. they see us every time they hear us. They see us in their <laughs> mind's, us in eye, their mind's eye. Yeah. Ah, I see. Nice. I see how it is. And listeners, we'll see you in our mind's ear on tomorrow page. Of. And smell you in our mind's nose. The wind. The wind. <laughs> <laughs>